Hi, welcome to the Animation Industry Podcast. My name is Terry, and right now I'm drinking a beer. This chat is with Wahid Ibn Reza, who is a writer, director, and visual effects slash animation production manager in Vancouver, Canada. Wahid's animation journey began back in Bangladesh, where he became a quite well-known actor, but he decided to give up everything and come to Canada to try to break into the film industry here. Since then, he's worked on tons of amazing projects like Guardians of the Galaxy, Rick and Morty, Batman vs. Superman, Game of Thrones, Hotel Transylvania 2, and Doctor Strange, just to name a few. And in our chat, he's going to share what starting over in Canada was like so late in his career, as well as some of the unheard of risks he took that led to big career payoffs. So now, let's jump in. Hi, Wahid. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Terry? I'm doing great. So thank you for joining me on such a beautiful day to talk about what you do in your life and your career and everything. <laughs> thank you so much for having me, man. It's, it should be fun. Yeah. So I, I mean, like I'm, I'm interested in your journey, especially because you came from Bangladesh. I'm wondering how, can you just share, you know, your, your story? Where did it start from you? How did you get here? Yeah, absolutely. What's going on? So I have a very interesting background. So I, I grew up in Bangladesh and I grew up in a household. Um, my mom was pretty cool. So my mom was a fan of Star Trek. My mom loved Batman. So she introduced me to comic books and sci-fi at a very early stage. And I knew who Captain America was before I understood the concept of America, like as a country. <laughs> so I would run around in my Nana's place with a uh, blue trouser and I had this bucket cover that was red and that was my shield. So I'm like Captain America. Oh, you're wearing a Captain America t-shirt. I'm wearing now. a Cap, Cap t-shirt. So I was Captain America for life. So, um, so growing up in, in 80s, uh, I don't think that many people in Bangladesh were exposed to this kind of culture and this kind of stories. I loved uh, Spider-Man. I, I, I loved Batman. So that, that gave me a very unique perspective. Like I, I grew up with the sensitivity of the, you know, the Eastern culture, but also the freedom of the Western. Um, that was also building inside me. And then um, again, I'm, I'm the only child of my parents. So they wanted me to go uh, to do engineering school because, you know, if you're brown, you have to be either doctor or engineer or lawyer or you're a loser. That's pretty much it. Like you have to do one of the three things or you're, you're, you're just not good. So and I was a good student. So I get into this engineering school, uh, which is uh, back home. It, it's not just grades. You actually have to take an exam and then one out of 50 people who takes the exam gets in. It's a very competitive field. So I got into mechanical engineering, which is pretty cool, pretty awesome. And around the same time, I was writing poems. Um, I'm writing for a local satire magazine. So I'm, I'm finding this creative outlet, but engineering was not that, like you, you can be creative engineer, but you have to be very good engineer to be that creative. And I know that I, I'm not that good. I was like, eh, okay. So then um, we actually made a short film in the engineering school and this has never happened before. Everybody went nuts, like what? They made a film in engineering school? It was like, you're supposed to do math and you know, like all coursework. And we're like, no, we made a short film. And the reaction that I got from that film made me realize that, hey, this is something that I want to do for the rest of my life. Don't want to be an engineer. I want to work in entertainment. 
Around that time, I was uh, working as an actor for stage. We had a theater group, again, writing poems, uh, writing lyrics, uh, um, you know, writing for the satire magazine. Uh, it's called Unmad, which is actually inspired from the Mad magazine. It's still going on. Uh, so I, um, <laughs> after that short film, I still finished my engineering degree but I didn't pay any attention to the coursework. Like my grades were not that great. I graduated and I told my parents that I want to work as a writer. So you can imagine their thrill. Uh, so the, uh, people would ask them that, what do your son do? And they're like, oh, he just graduated. So what does he do now? He just graduated. And their jaws would clinch oh, every no. time they would say. And, and then I, I got a break working as an actor for, um, literally the biggest writer director of our country. Uh, his name is uh, Humayun Ahmed. And he's like, uh, how would I compare? Like, he's like JK Rowling's of Bangladesh. Like every household has one of his books, at least. So yeah. he's really huge. And he saw me, he liked me for some reason. And he casted me for like four different TV films in like holiday season. So um, I'm from Bangladesh, uh, it's a Muslim country and we celebrate Eid, which is like Christmas for Muslim folks. So in, and in Eid, you have a lot of TV specials. So I was the lead on like four different TV specials directed by the biggest writer and director. Boom, my face is all over the news, faces all over the place. And my parents were like, oh, that's what he's doing now. Stop Finally, they can they can be proud. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> they can be proud. <laughs> and then uh, and then things just started to happen. Like I again, then I I was cast on a TV commercial directed by another like, and he's like the uh, he's like the next generation the biggest filmmaker from yeah. back home. Like his name is Mustafa Sarafaruki. He he has done tons of work. So he, he cast me for this really fun commercial where like I'm eating, uh, it's a toothpaste commercial and I'm like eating uh, food and I, my teeth are so strong that I bite off a fork. And, 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 and the, the still last image was like my face looking at a fork like this and that became the billboard for that product. And my face was the billboard <laughs> across the country. So everybody was like, oh my God, that's the guy with the fork. So you're like walking down the street and people are like showing yep. their forks at you. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I've had parents, I've had parents coming up, angry parents, like, you shouldn't have done that. My kid tried that and hurt their teeth. I'm like, it's then they, they actually added a disclaimer. This is the ad. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh yes. So and I was enjoying it and I, I started working as a writer. I was the head writer for the you know uh, the biggest ad company, uh, ad agency back home, gray advertising. I had my own TV show that I was writing. I, uh, and I was starring in, in a TV series by again, Humayun Ahmed, the biggest, biggest writer, director. But I, I really wanted to work in North American projects. Like I really did. So I was like, you know what? I've already reached to a point where like I'm at the top. Like You're number top. one celebrity in your country. Not number one, but you know, <laughs> I know number one very well. That's where my status is at. You know what wait, I mean? wait, wait. So like you're in engineering school and like yeah. engineering school is not easy at all. No. Like, I know engineers here and it's 
it's insane. Like I can't do that. And like, I went to business school and thought I was like, okay, smart wise, but not when it comparatively. So you're like going through school and then somehow you're finding time and motivation to do all of this creative outlet on the side. And like how, I mean, the way you're describing everything, it just kind of sounds like, you know, this fell into your lap and then it (laughs) fell into your lap again and fell into the lap again. How determined were you to like, how hardworking were you to make this I was very hardworking, like nothing fell on my lap. Like say, for example, the first break that I got, like an acting break. So this was through uh, the satire magazine that I was writing for. So I love love making jokes. I love making fun of myself. I have a book called um, Self-Deprecating Humor. That's like my (laughs) joke book that I wrote. So so for that magazine, we were supposed to interview Humayun Ahmed, the biggest writer in the, in the, in our country and our connection was like his youngest brother is actually the editor of our magazine so his name is Asana Bey. so that was our like connection so we were going uh, for that interview and I'm like uh, and the guy who was supposed to go and take the interview he really wants to act he's yeah. like oh my god my dream is to act on his production and I'm like you know what and he was super nervous I'm like you know what I'm gonna go with you and what's the worst thing that's going to happen? He's going to say, no, you, you guys don't have it. Get out. All right. That's fine. We don't care. We're just, you know, a couple of dudes and we're just going to show up. So we showed up and during our like interview process, he basically said to me, he just looked at me he's like, you have a very unique physique. So I'm a big dude. I'm like, I'm like six feet and like, I'm like, four feet wide so that's a very uncommon thing in Bangladesh right there's like five of us in back home <laughs> we have a we have a club <laughs> so that's my self-deprecating humor for you so uh, so he just looked at me he's like your physique is very unique uh it's, it's very common in USA in North America in Russia but not so much have you ever tried acting and he's and I'm like yeah I love acting I act on stage and we are working on some TV production that hasn't been aired yet. And he's like, how would you want me? How would you like to be on my production? And my friend who really wants to act is sitting next to me. And he's like, <laughs> and I, I don't know him. I, at that time, I'm like, I moved on. I'm like, yes, that is why I'm here. <laughs> so, yes, I want to do it. So the first night of the whole um uh, like when when he, he 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 initially had before one show all right so i go in i went in the night before like he has this place called uh which is like like a huge area where uh, his personal like set like he he does all his filming there so he took me there the night before and we chatted all night about like uh, uh poetry about literature and he i actually gave him my books like I had two uh, book of poems by that time and he read them. And I'm like, I, I do not want anything more out of this experience. I'm maxed out. I'm happy. I'm done. If I don't, if I don't do well tomorrow and they kick me out of the set, I'm fine. Yeah. I was relaxed. I was relaxed. So the next morning they start filming. And so he's a, uh, so Humayun Ahmed, and we all call him Humayun Sir because he was a professor as well back home. So, uh, so when, sir, he was like, he, his direction style was like, he would, um, he would really shout, like he would go like, no, 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 no. And 
his logic was if you can take that initial blast you will do fine <laughs> that was his like test test of metal or something like that so uh so he so my first shot was having a guitar and uh like lip syncing to a uh, lip singing to a song but they never played the song for me they just started the song and say action so obviously i couldn't lip sync then he said like why oh, that was terrible i'm like wait i've never even heard the song i have to heard the song to be able to sing the song or like mind singing and then he was like yeah that's logical hey let me, let me hear the song so i hear the song i played my guitar and boom first take okay and he was like oh that's that's great we're moving on that's a good take and everybody on the set was like wait what this this fat dude just got his first take okay so then he told me later that oh i saw that you were very casual and very free in front of camera like you're like action you're you're on the character on the spot and he really liked that and and then then it happened so it's it, so none of this would happen if i hadn't tied up with my friend yeah. and said that hey i want to go there and try it out like that's that's one of the thing that i do i always try like i always knock very politely i'm i'm not rude i'm not abrupting anything but very politely that hey i'm i'm here totally no no I no, think... no there's no room for you now okay i'll come back and i'll come <laughs> back again Yeah. I think if that was me I'd be like no nah, the interview's set up like I I would love to be there but it's you know I wasn't invited but you're just your mentality is like I'm going to show up and whatever happens happens and put myself out there. <laughs> I I I I'm I'm like I'm I'm not pushy but I'm like very cuddly like a teddy bear so I squeeze. <laughs> so when I, so mean. at some point I'll just see you in the room and I'll be like oh Wahid came here because he he squeezed his way <laughs> he's not supposed to be here. Yes. But I'll give him the opportunity now because he's a uh, he's, he's a he foot. seems delightful. <laughs> yeah, he seems delightful. <laughs> But also I I love that you uh you know you weren't trying to get anything more out of the experience cuz no. like when I do that I get so anxious and then I'm in my own head and then I'm oh, like yeah. tripping up over myself and I'm not giving a good impression so yeah totally. Okay, let's thank you for that story. That was, that was so fun. <laughs> let's let's uh uh forward track a little bit. So, you know, you said you've hit the max of your career kind of yeah. in in the entertainment industry back mm -hmm. home and then you wanted to be, you wanted to come to North America to get into you know television film etc how do you, how do you make that switch how you just showed up and said hi i'm ready to work no, on a tv show in special effects so <laughs> what happens was like i i started applying to schools right hmm. so i wanted to do another degree because i'm i'm a bit traditional in a sense that i'm not a good learner by uh, by myself like i cannot learn through like youtube oh, same. tutorials yeah, yeah. Yeah, I need to be in a structured form and <laughs> somebody needs to tell me in person. Uh so I started applying for schools. I got rejected for all the schools. Like the first time I applied, everybody rejected and I'm like, "Wait, what am I doing wrong?" Then I realized that I was doing wrong. Like I was doing wrong in every aspect. Like I didn't have a good show reel, I didn't have a good uh script samples. So then I tried again. Again got rejection from all the schools in states. Uh, in Canada again all the schools uh uh got rejected and i'm i'm working full time right so i'm i'm doing that on the side and if you haven't applied for a university even if you're an international student it's very stressful because you have to take language tests 
you have to convert your grades that uh, this part of the world will understand. So it's a whole other process. So I'm doing all that. So the third try, again, I always try. I always wow. try. That's my thing. On third try, I got into one school in States. The tuition fees were really high. And in Vancouver, I got into UBC. And they were like, oh, you do not have a bachelor in arts. So you can't do master's program in arts. But what you can do, you can do a second bachelor in film production. But we will waive the 50% credit, like the generic credit that you need for a bachelor, like a science credit or something like that, because you already have an engineering degree. I'm like, that sounds like a really good plan. And then I really did, I did some research on Vancouver and I found out they filmed MacGyver and X-Files in Vancouver. I'm like, that's two of my most favorite shows of all time. I have to be there. So I made the call to come to Vancouver because two of my childhood favorite shows were filmed here. You know, That's they they, they <laughs> advertise that on like the subway in Toronto. Like there's still ads being like, we've, we worked on the X-Files, nice. <laughs> come to our school. And X-Files is like, when when did the last season, like I've seen every episode too, but it's it's old now. <laughs> it's old. Yeah, it's the 90s. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I came here uh, to UBC uh, and then my first exposure was, uh, it was not that great because you know back home i was signing autographs i was signing autographs i had a life I had a status here i'm taking the bus and the bus is dropping me off at the bus stop and it's like two kilometer walk in the rain to go to the school building and i'm again i'm super lazy so i would take i used to take stoppages like you know how bus has stoppages i would like sit on a bench and it would do with an umbrella and i was tired and then i would walk <laughs> building which is very weird you're like nobody knows me here nobody's giving me a free ride on the way <laughs> oh my god it was it was not the best feeling and then um i think but, but your drive so this is you, you know you said you wanted to write but this this is to get into special effects no 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 this is i i, I got into film production mm. i didn't know back then that i would work in special effects or animation ah okay no so idea. you just wanted to work in in North American film. In North American film. My goal was to work in North American film. So I needed a film production degree. With that degree, what I'm going to do, I didn't know at that time. Okay, okay. I, just, I just came in. Um, I think the most fun I've had at school was the creative writing classes because I love writing. And I, but I'll tell you a story. And it's, it's, it's a bit sad story. So my first day at uh, the creative writing class, I loved the lectures. I went to talk to the professors. They hey... I've had over 10 years experience writing um, in Bangladesh. And I know that getting a writing job, you need an agent or a manager in North America. And I would love to learn about that process if you could give me some time. And he was like, oh yeah, sure. I thought you didn't understand my lecture. I'm like, no, 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 I understand your lecture, fine. <laughs> lecture, no issue with that. <laughs> so then I realized that, oh, you because you know I have an accent and I look different, I have to break a lot of ceiling to get yeah. to where I want to go. And it's a very, it's, it's a challenging situation. I've had this conversation with a fellow student of mine who, who said to me, to my face, you're from Bangladesh, you guys have TV? I'm like, what do you mean? Like TV in my bedroom back home? Yeah, I have TV in my bedroom. And he's like, no, no, like TV in general. 
I'm like, no, yes, we have TV. What are you talking about? This is 21st century. <laughs> so, so I realized that you know the North American perception for the rest of the world is not that clear, you know, because it's such a big country, it's such a big area, they're all self-contained. So they don't Google other places that much. That's my understanding. So I, I realized that this is the barriers that I have to break. I was very fortunate. I actually got highest marks in uh, my creative writing classes and I took master's level courses and I got like 90% in both of the courses. My professors actually loved me. They, 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 I'm still in touch with, with them. I'm still, and they're, they're very supportive. They really like my ideas. They write, like my sense of humor. Uh, so I knew that I had it, you know, but to prove it, it's, it's, it's a whole other thing. Oh, yeah. After graduation, so I, um, during my, my uh, uh, tenure as a, as a student at UBC, there was this opportunity that popped up. Again, uh, uh, this, is, this will tell you about my uh, ability to, you know, politely knocking in. <laughs> so this is a, an, an internship opportunity that came out. It's about, um, it's on NBC Universal show for like six months, like summer. I'm like, oh my God. This is why I'm here. So I applied for the program right away. I made a nice resume, sent it out. No response. Two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. So I went to the job posting and found out the person who was interviewing. And then I <laughs> called NBC Universal Office to that person. And I'm very politely that, hey, I applied for this program. I haven't heard back. I was just curious, uh, was the progress. And she was like, oh, that's very nice of you to call. Um, we are just evaluating the resume right now. We'll let you know. I'm like, okay, sure. I know that, okay, at least my resume is in there. Yeah. So then when they started interviewing, I was the first person that they interviewed. Uh, her name is Angela, and she's like now the head of diversity for, for NBC Universal. And she was wonderful. And she was like, she really liked my resume because I had lots of YouTube links and stuff. And she was like, you seem the most eager because you were the first person who applied and you, was, you were very excited about it. And I'm like, yeah, I want to do this. So I got an interview. I got an interview for, uh, to uh, be an intern, summer fellow on uh, Psych. They were filming Psych, uh, USA Network show in, in Vancouver. I'm like, yes, I've watched Psych. I love it. So, and it's a diversity fellowship, right? So you have to be diverse. I'm like, all right, I have a chance. So I go in and you're competing with your fellow students. I see my friend from Philippines. He's like after me. And then the girl who is ahead of me, her name is Melanie. And she's now a big executive at CBC. Melanie is like diverse square. Like she is, she speaks French. She's like, Asian, she, she has native blood in her, and she's freaking good. Like, she's the best producing student in our class. I'm yeah. the second best. So I knew that she was going to get it. I'm like, oh man, Melanie is here. Why is she here? And I knew instantly that Melanie is going to get it. Yeah. Because by that time, I've had the experience of being on the other side of the interview, like, like back home when I was the head writer, I interviewed people. So I knew who was the best candidate. And among the people that they were interviewing, Melanie was the best candidate. I have to be objective. I can't just say that, no, I'm the best. I knew that she was best. So they hired Melanie. They didn't hire me. So I was like, oh man. 
So I just send out an email again to the executive that, hey, it didn't go as planned, but thank you so much for the interview. If anything opens up, if anything opens up, please keep in mind. And I'm willing to move anywhere to do this fellowship because this is really something that I want to do. And at the same time, Suits, the show that is filming in, in Toronto, the guy who they hired left. He didn't want it to be a summer fellow. So um, uh, Carmen, who's the production manager, and she was she interviewed everybody. She got really pissed that, oh, this is, we, we want new candidates. So Angela from NBC, she referred me. She was like, talk to this guy. He is very eager to do this. Yeah. So they interview me and they're like, well, when can you be here? And I'm like, tomorrow. I, uh, all my bags are packed. I'm ready to come. <laughs> they're like, all right, come. So, so you they, just booked a flight. But booked a flight and I, I, me and my wife, we flew there. We know that we have relatives there and we could stay with them. So it's fine. So that was my first uh, big internship. That's, you know, I have never, I, you know, I've interviewed well over 100 people now. And I have a past career. And I've never heard once of somebody sending an email after the fact. I've heard lots of people send an email after the fact. Thank you, whatever. I've never heard once of somebody saying, it didn't go as planned. I would love the next opportunity that, that opens up. Like you left such a nice impression, a personable impression with this, this woman, Angela, that she... Happened to see an opportunity and thought of you immediately. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And I'm gonna do that every single time now. <laughs> it, it, it wouldn't hurt, like you know, you know, yeah. I was not being pushy. I, I was very because you you would not have got that was your first break in Canada. That was my first break and you wouldn't have Canada. gotten that at all if you no. were playing the typical send a hundred resumes. Yeah, uh, you know, interview as best you can, move on to the next role. You knew what you wanted, and you're like. I, yeah, need just, to, I need to squeeze my way in as a teddy bear. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the strategy we're that's talking the about. The teddy bear squeeze. The teddy bear squeeze. <laughs> so, and the suits uh, internship was amazing. So that was really interesting. So they told me, what do you want to do? I'm like, what do normally interns do? Like, well, they normally mostly sit on the you know, reception desk and answer phones. I'm like, well, that's not fun. And then they're like, well, you can do whatever you want to do. I'm like, well, how about I shadow people? Yeah. And they're like, sure. So I shadowed the directors, the first AD, the second AD, the script supervisor, the script supervisor, Daniela. She's really like, we're friends on Facebook. Like I love his mom, her mom. Her mom is really funny. <laughs> she's also based on Toronto. Like we chat. Hopefully her mom is listening to this. Yeah, hopefully her mom is listening to this. I'm a fan of her. She's, she's hilarious. <laughs> So, and, and so I, I shadowed all this role and I learned this process and this is huge, right? And a North American show budget, it's such an eye opener for me. Like their food budget is bigger than our whole production budget back home. So it's a whole other thing. And I'm like, oh my God. And I was, and I was reading the scripts. And I love Wait, it. Wait, their like lunch budget for the cast is bigger than your entire Entire series? production, yeah, 100%. <laughs> like, what, what could we produce? <laughs> Screw lunch, let's make another series. Yes. Also, I just wanted to say, like, you had no regard for, well, maybe you, uh, it doesn't sound like you had regard for kind of finances, because you're, you're living in Vancouver, yeah. and an internship doesn't pay amazingly, I'm assuming, and you... No got on a plane a plane ticket from vancouver yeah. to toronto is like 
350 maybe i, yeah. I don't know what it was at the yeah. time 350 bucks like- for just one person you brought your wife like yeah. you you're probably paying rent still in, in vancouver so you're I like that. i don't i don't I'm not going to do the finances because if I do the finances, I'm not taking it. It not make sense. Yeah. It doesn't make yeah. sense at all. So you like took probably a big personal cut because yeah. this is what you really wanted to do. And and you were you thinking like, if I get this break long term, it's going to work out? Or were you just let's go in the moment and do this? I uh, and convince your wife at the same time. Almost 50 50, you know, almost 50 50. I was like, my wife was happy because she get to uh, she gets uh, to spend time with her family, like we uh. stayed with her uncle. Uh, for me, I was like, okay, this is my first opportunity, like the first big break in North America. Yeah. I have to do well. And you're waiting for years for this. I have waited for yeah, this is like dream. This is like this is dream. Yeah. So I went all in, like all in, and see what happens. I I always I always know that if I want to go back in Bangladesh, if I have to go back. I have a base there. Like I always, yeah, you can be in the next toothpaste commercial. <laughs> exactly. So I think I, I, I think I think I'll survive. Let's see. Let's see. And the inter uh, the internship at Suit went fantastic. Like I, I shadowed all these amazing talented people. I used to read scripts. Like uh, the showrunner, um, Aaron Kosh. He, the, the writing team was so good. Like every scripts, every iteration would actually elevate the script. And I learned so much. And I actually, um, like, they used to throw out scripts, like old scripts. I actually got a lot of them. That was my possession. I didn't shop anything because I didn't have any money. I didn't have anything. That was my... You're like, making my... clothes out of these scripts you found in the trash yes. after you read them. <laughs> yes. That was my thing. That Okay, I, I, actually, I still have those scripts. Like, I have them in, in, in this apartment as well. And it's been a long time. This was in 2012. Yeah, so valuable though to to yeah, like yeah. be able to read those and again uh to tell you about my uh <laughs> i i ended up getting a second internship while i was at, at suits so and this happened again so randomly but again i'm very fortunate uh, but i also worked really hard so i'm working i'm working uh, on suits and uh so this kid this, uh like four-year-old he was playing around in the lunch area and it was lunch break and he fell. He fell and he hurt himself. And I was like, oh, wow. I wanted to give him, you know, praise. I was like, wow, you fell like Spider-Man. And he instantly was like, he lit up. He's like, yeah, you think so? I'm like, yes. And he forgot about his pain and we chatted for like half an hour. We bonded. I didn't know he was the son of uh, an executive from... Wait, so there's just a four-year-old walking around yes. unsupervised. I, well, it, his mother was nearby. Okay, okay. His mother was never nearby in the, in, the, in the cafe area, but I didn't know who she was. Yeah. But then I found out she was the executive of NBC, and she was like, "Hey, Seuss is going on hiatus. What's your plan?" I'm like, "I I have uh, no plans." Can I have your personality, please? Like, if I see a four-year-old hurt themselves, my immediate reaction is like, "Stay away. Somebody else can take care of that kid." I don't want to get involved. <laughs> In my mind, I'm always six. So I, I feel like I'm, I have bond with the kids. <laughs> so then she hired me for like two weeks to do. Uh, but that's crazy. You like, crazy, you yeah. talked with a four-year-old and then yeah. you got a job from the top executive out of it. Yeah. Like, what the heck? This this doesn't sound real. Like, no, it doesn't. Like it made doesn't. up. 
no, no, it is, it is, it sounds paid up, but it happened. And then I, I got into this giant sci-fi set and I get to um, shadow director Michael Nankin for two weeks. And he was so nice. He would take me to a set and he would be like, okay, we're filming this scene. How would you film it? I'm like, wait, you were asking me? He's like, yeah, go for it. Then I would say, oh, I would what? take here. It's, it's a dream come true for a film student, right? I feel like you're just making this up. <laughs> no, 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 that's true. I actually, like, I'm a member of Directors Guild of Canada now, and we have this luncheon every, not lunch, like a get-together every once a month. And Michael Nankin was the head director for the la- la- last call. Yeah. And I said to him that, I don't know if you remember, but I was an intern for you for two weeks, and you were so nice to me, you were so kind to me. And he's like, oh, you just made my day. I actually do remember you. You were very sweet. I'm like, oh my God, that's so wonderful. So yeah, and it, it was such a cool experience. You know, I was high, sky high. And on that same time, I had a very fun thing happen. And this is again, very random and you will not believe it, but I can show you a clip of it happening. So I was watching Conan, uh, the, a talk show, late, yeah. uh, late night talk show. And he made a mistake. And he had this segment at that time called Fan Correction. Fan could send him a video of what mistakes that he had made, and he would show it to his, on his show. So I was watching the show on Thursday, uh, and they made a mistake. They dropped bomb from the passenger plane. That was the bit. On, on Steven Tyler singing, singing uh, American National Anthem, butchering American National Anthem. So that was the whole comedy bit. So I, I told them that, wait, you couldn't find like, a, like an actual bomber plane. You have to drop bomb from a passenger plane. What the hell? And then I told myself, maybe I should push myself. And I said, that Conan, that Conan. I actually did that. And I sent in the video. I had no idea. Okay, this is Thursday. Monday, I'm watching the show and Conan O'Brien says my name. He's no. Like, no, Kauai from Vancouver. I'm like, and I screamed. My wife came from next next room. Like, what happened? I'm like, I'm on Gordon O'Brien. I'm on Chris. And then they showed my clip. They showed my clip on Gordon O'Brien. So that is actually on my resume. If you ask for my resume, it's in there. There's a, I have a Vimeo clip that I sent to people. That was a very good conversational piece. But it was great. It was great. So I was really high and I was doing well. Uh, in my school program, I was in, uh, like, I was in Dean's list for the very first time. I was a very good student because I'm, I was studying something that I love, that I, that I want to learn. But then, 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 then the reality hit. Graduation happened. My film, I, I, I made a short film that went, in, went to smaller festivals, not big ones, like small festivals. But it did, it did well. I won uh, uh, one stu- Best Student Film Award, which is really nice. But then the reality hit. There was no jobs. Like I was applying for jobs. At that time, in Indian, there was a conservative government in Canada. So the rules were really strict in terms of getting your permanent resident. And if I were to work on set, I have to be member of members of union. And you can't be union member if you're not a permanent resident. So it's a catch-22. Yeah. And I could work on like other things, like I had post-graduation uh, work permit, but I didn't want to work on sales or something else. I wanted to work in film. I submitted to 84 
uh, different places, not a single interview. Wow. I'm like, why is this happening? Like my films went to festival, my, I have a really good resume and I've done internship with NBC. Why nobody is even considering me for an interview? So then a friend of mine, uh, his name is Nicholas, he's from Colombia, an international student like me. And he's like, are you putting your Bangladeshi experience? I'm like, yeah, I yeah. am. Well, like, well, when you do that, they think that they have to sponsor you. And the organization, they don't want to sponsor people because it costs them money. Yeah. So they, they prefer the local talents. And you should tell them that you have an open work permit so they don't have to worry about it. And then they may hire you. I'm like, wow, I, I didn't know that. So what I did, I took all my Bangladeshi experience, my 10 years of writing, uh, directing, all random different experience that I had, took them all out. Just fresh graduate from UBC. This, this is what I've done. The first place that I submitted resume, they called me for an interview. It was at Burdell Studio. It was for an unpaid summer internship. Unpaid. Unpaid. Unpaid, yeah. I didn't know those exist anymore here. No, it was. I don't even think it's legal. This is back in 2013. It was legal at that time. It's still legal in 2013. (laughs) So I was like, I was working at UBC call center. That was my part-time job. And I was doing really well because, you know, I'm brown. So I'm destined to do well in call center, right? It's in our (laughs) DNA or something like that. See, again, self-deprecating humor. I was actually doing really well. I raised 100 and nearly $147,000 for UBC in three years I've worked there. I was super Do you want to be a call center for this podcast? I can do that. I'm, I'm very good at Let's marketing. Things. I'll take $140,000 for running <laughs> Right? <laughs> so, I, and I was like, okay, that is paying for my, you know, my living yeah. expense and I can take an unpaid internship. It would be my first break. Let's see. So I go in for the interview, um, um, uh, Athena and um, uh, Craig, there's two person who were uh, interviewing me uh, and um, they were, so they were super nice. They're super nice, very friendly. And they were like, oh, you're from Bangladesh and you have all this experience. Why didn't you mention that? And the way if I did, you wouldn't call me for an interview. And they're like, yeah, that is probably right. I would probably go for somebody local. I'm like, yeah, that's why I didn't put it out. And they're like, oh, you have an engineering degree. And they kept asking me if I pay my taxes. I'm like, yeah, I do pay my taxes. And I'm like, this is for an unpaid internship role. What do you need to pay for, like, you know, taxes? Like, you're not paying me anything. The interview happened at 11. I went to my uh, job at UBC. And at 2 p.m., I got a call that they're going to offer me a paid production assistant job. At Burnell. So that was my first job. First break wow. in animation. Oh, I should I should actually thank somebody. My my friend Ujo, she's she was also an international student from uh, South Korea and she's a producer now. She told me that I should look for v- visual effects and animation because she was working in visual effects and she was like, they hire uh, international students huh. because they they need people, they don't have enough people. So she, because of her, I started looking into those studios. I didn't even know. Nice. I didn't even know. So that so, so at Bardell, I'm like, oh my God. And, you know, Bardell has done so many amazing things like, you know, Sindabad, the movie Prince of Egypt. So I was very excited to go there. And I loved classical 2D animation. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Like CG is great, but there's something about 2D that speaks to my heart. So I was very excited. 
And uh, so they hired me for a studio PA. So what, what are my jobs? You have to sit on the reception, throw out trash, uh, make coffee. Uh, the dishwasher was broken. So I had to wash people's dishes. The dishwasher was not working well. So, was, so all these things. I'm like, all right, cool. And my, my, my manager, she was like, you would, um, you would, uh, it would take you like half a day to do all this. I'm like, all right, sure. I did them all by like, I didn't mean one hour. Like I started at nine by 10, everything's done. And she's like, you're done. I'm like, yeah, give me more. And she was like, well, I, I don't have anything else. Let's reach out to the shows if they need help. So, so they were like, uh, around that time, Bardell was working on a, a little show called Rick and Morty. Nobody knew what the show was going to be, uh, but we knew it was going to be special because every time we would watch the animatics, we would laugh. Like we would watch same animatics over and over again. It was so well written. So they, it's a big show and they need help. And they're like, oh, okay, what can you do? So they, so they teach me to um, like vectorize the background. Like uh, when you do 2D, um, so it's easier for to do the camera moves if you mm -hmm. vectorize the outlines. So they taught me how to do that on Toon Boom. I'm like, okay, I can do this. Uh, or on, uh, no, it was on Photoshop, I think, yeah, Photoshop to open the file and they, they showed me how to do it. I'm like, yeah, sure. And they're like, well, you can probably get it like, you know, 10, 20 uh, an hour. I'm like, yeah, I did 40 an hour. And they're like, hey, this guy is good. We can use him. I mean, there, somebody can, we can find somebody to make coffee, but we can use him for actual production. But I would still make coffee. I would still clean dishes. I would still throw out trash. I would do all of that. But I started working on the show and they started giving me more and more responsibility. I ended up doing payrolls for the freelancers who were working out of Montreal. I, I started sending stuff to the outsourcing studio, downloading. I started assigning uh, people on the, on, the, on the tracking software. Like I did like coordination job pretty much like for the entire first season which was great. And I got my first credit, a uh, North American credit on Rick and Morty as a PA, which Amazing. was unreal. And I actually chatted with Justin Roiland, which was like the creator of the show, right? And I actually sent him an email, which was insane. I sent him an email about what I, how I think the show can be more efficient. And he was like, dude, this should give you a promotion. <laughs> this is great. Wait, 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 wait. So you go from getting a job of yeah. washing dishes yeah. <laughs> and throwing out trash to sending yeah. the creator of the show an email to be like, listen, this is, I have some tips for you to make this more efficient after I drew some vector lines on some background. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> what? I was like, Hey, because I, are you going to email like our prime minister to be like, listen, no. <laughs> I've been here for a while. Well, if he, if he was into animation, I would probably do that. <laughs> no, I was like... So, you, just, you just have his email because you're part of the organization and you just yeah. like type in his name. At yeah. What happened was that my friend, uh, Nathan, uh, who's, the, who's the animation director, and he was, he's a super nice dude. He introduced me because, again, the team really liked me. They liked my energy. I mean, I really like you. I just met you. <laughs> Thank you, Terry. I, I like you too. It's hey. very, you're very fun to talk to. 
So, and then they, um, uh, and I, I would come up with ideas for, for Rick and Morty and they're like, oh my God, you're so into it. So they introduced me to Justin Roiland. And um, so I just said that, hey, I work as a PA, but I, I've seen this is the thing. So, because when you are at the bottom, you tend to have a wider view and you see a lot of things. So, so oh, yeah. that's my perception that I, I, I gave. And it, it came across well. I mean, she, he was super nice. Um, he, he still sometimes replies to my email, which is insane. Which is uh, insane. You sent him a weekly update now. <laughs> this is what I have been doing. <laughs> He's like, oh, another email from my head here. Tell yes, yes. <laughs> me how last, to run the show. <laughs> last time I sent him an email, I was like, hey, I, I really want to shift into writing. And um, I'm doing, uh, I'm working on the shorts and I, I sent him a teaser trailer. And he was like, hey, this looks really cool. Uh, when it finished, uh, reach out, please. Might as well. Might as, Might well. as well. You have the contact. He responds. Amazing. Yeah. Like, I, it's not like I'm badgering him. It's like no. one a year or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so, Bardo, it was a wonderful time. Uh, the Rick and Morty season one ended. They didn't know when they will start season two. So there was a gap. And that's our industry, as you know, as an animator, like there's always a gap. So they offered me a production coordinator role on Puss in the Boots series mm. uh, for uh, DreamWorks, which is really cool of them. And at the same time, uh, moving pictures company, MPC, was hiring for a visual effects coordinator. And I just wanted to try how it goes. So, and I've had such a hard time applying for jobs, like 84. I still have that folders with 84 resumes. So I, um, I applied for uh, the VFX coordinator role. It was for an asset and 3D DMP uh, department. I didn't even know what 3D DMP at that time was. Like, I didn't know the environment. What I didn't know that pipeline. So I went into the interview. Uh, <laughs> uh, the guy who was interviewing me was like, oh, we are one of the biggest studios. Where are you from? I'm, I'm from Bangladesh. And he's like, oh, yeah, we have a studio there. I'm like, no, no, you have a studio in Bangalore. That's India. The country next door and he was like oh i'm so sorry i'm like no no it's, it's okay it's uh, bangalore is actually very close i can see bangalore from my balcony so i make that joke and he laughs and he was like i really like you i'm gonna offer you the job so your first first show is going to be a show called game of thrones have you heard it i'm like yeah I, yeah I've, I've heard it i've heard of game of thrones yes yes look at you look at you <laughs> then that's my entry to the visual facts and my first show game of thrones very intense because they want movie quality work in tv time so everybody's working long hours and at that time i'm like all right this is it i have to work my ass off so i would work 12 hours that's like minimum 12 hours and i would cover for everybody if somebody is sick, I'm covering for that person. If somebody's away, I'm covering for that person. If somebody needs any help, I'm covering for that person. All of a sudden, I'm working on multiple shows at a time. Night at the Museum 3, Fast Furious 7. And this is, this is in production still? So. This is in, in production in, yeah. in, in, at MPC. So I did, I did well, and they actually offered me a staff role. This is, and you know that this never happens in our industry. Like it's no, very that's, rare. That's unheard of. Unheard of. And production people, like they make staff like really senior artists and you know yeah. like like talent, like production stuff, not that much. 
I was the only production person they offered a staff role, which was, which was very nice of them. And because of that, I could apply for a PR. Ah. I was not eligible. Again, it was a conservative yeah. government. The rules were really hard. Like the rules were like, you have to have a job for two years and the job couldn't have an end date. I'm like, I'm working film. People come in here for two weeks to do a job. <laughs> you cannot have like a, a contract without an end date. But finally, I had a contract without an end date. And yes. Yeah. I'm like, yes. So they offered me at that time that what show do you want to do? It was a James Bond movie or Batman versus Superman. And I'm like, Batman versus Superman. And they're like, well, the James Bond movie is pretty cool. I'm like, Batman versus Superman. You're like wearing your Batman paraphernalia. Batman to the, yeah. yes. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> I'm like, I've been trained for this since I was four. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I want to do. So then... I got to be on Batman versus Superman. And I was there in very early stage. So, you know, the, the first teaser trailer that got leaked online that they showed on a Comic-Con and somebody took uh, videos on their phone. I worked on that trailer. So from that moment till the end, like now everybody has seen the film, so there's no spoiler at the end when, you know, Superman dies. I worked on that shot as well. So I knew everything. Yeah. It was a huge show. My producer on that show, uh, David P.I. James, he's now like my mentor. Like I, I chat with him almost every other, like he works for Netflix now. We're a very good friend. And he's also a big guy like me. I tell him that we bond so well because our ancestor would hang around the same tree and one went east and another went west. Now <laughs> so, you reconnected again. I reconnected again, yeah. So uh, so he was a he was a very open producer. Like he would teach everything. Like he would show us the budget. He would show us the schedule, the staffing plan. Oh, super normally, valuable stuff. Yeah, normally as a coordinator, you'd not you get you, access yeah. to that. So I, I learned a lot. I learned how to schedule the show. I learned how the staffing works. I learned a lot about budgeting. I'm like, wow, this is great. So that show was a wonderful, wonderful ride for me. Very, super cool. Finished the show. We were we were supposed to move on. I was supposed to move on to Suicide Squad, but I'm also a Marvel fan. I really want to do a Marvel show, and at that time, MPC was not doing any Marvel show anymore. So Method Studio, that they were hiring, and they were hiring for Captain America, Captain America, Dream, and <laughs> <laughs> my boss at MPC. She was working at Method at that time. She referred me. So for the first time in my life, I was referred internally. Hey, is like this. How many here. years did that take to get there? Not that long. Like I, uh, I think I started working in 2013. So this would be around 2015, 2016. So three years. Three, three years, years of working as hard as you can, taking yeah. every opportunity. Yeah. Sque teddy bear squeezing your way in. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and. And they, they, they are interviewing me at Method and they're like, uh, so what do you want to work in Method? I'm like, well, I want to work in uh, Marvel shows. And they're like, oh yeah, we have one. I'm like, yeah, that's why I'm here. I wouldn't I would be here. <laughs> so, so, so they're like, okay. And so they hired me for Captain America Civil War. Oh my God, that's so cool. So, and I did a bunch of shows at, 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 at Method. Um, uh, the challenge with Marvel shows are they're, they're very demanding, you know, because they know their universe really well. 
And they always push, every show they push, every show they push the boundaries, they push the boundaries. So I worked on Civil War, then Doctor Strange, which got Oscar nominated, so which was insane. Like I was part, part of an Oscar nomination, which is part of Oscar nominated team, which is insane. And then um, they made uh, me a production manager. I got a promotion, production manager to work on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And again, that got Oscar nominated as well. So, which was insane, insane. And on the same time, I'm also working on my passion projects. I didn't give yeah. up on my, my writing or creating. So, when I was working Civil War, I was working till 12 at night. So, I remember around 12 30 in one day. I remember the time because it was like so late. I'm like sending out a delivery and I saw this email popped up. Uh, they're asking for ideas for um, uh, short films uh, by CineQuest Film Festival. I'm like, oh, I have some ideas. Sure. <laughs> I applied and uh, they got like 600 submissions. They selected seven, uh, only one animated one. That was mine. And they're like, oh, we're giving you some money to make an animated short film. What the heck? That's a congratulations. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, and I'm like, how do you, how, why do you think they picked up yours out of 600? 600? Yeah, that's huge, right? And I, there I, are probably tons of people who've been writing for years, have been like, you know, waiting for this to happen. I know, I know, <laughs> yeah. So what, what do you think made yours stand out? I think my idea was really funny. It's called the paranoid cat. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a cat with super paranoid who fights with a Roomba. That's the best okay. thing. <laughs> that's, that's pretty what? much it. Yes. So it's, it's a two minute short film. It's 2D, it's very cute. And they were doing this um, interesting thing. And at that time, Barco Escape. So that was the company that was sponsoring that event. So they're, uh, I don't think they exist anymore. So they're, they're like a three screen film uh, viewing experience. Mm. So it's not a 3D, but it's like there's like two angular screen on the side. And there's a one center screen. So you have a wide view. So yeah. you, you are supposed to make the film to fit to that screen. Ah. So the, the way I wrote it, it felt like it would work really well. And then they really liked it. And they're like, oh, I'm gonna, we're going to give you some money. And I'm like, okay, but I'm not an animator. So I have to find animators. So I reached out to my friends from Bardell. I'm like, well, you guys always wanted to work with me. So come and, you know, this is have your money. Chance. Yeah, I have money. So of all the budget that I've had, I've only kept for myself $200, which is really uh, funny. Like I've kept for the minimum amount because I felt like I should give it to the crew because they're working so hard. So when they asked me to give them budget, like budget breakdown, I gave them, oh, this is, I paid this much for the animation supervisor, this much for the guy who did the designs and backgrounds and uh, storyboard this much for the you know um, editor and uh, and the music and i kept 200 dollars for myself plus tons of bragging right because this is my fault <laughs> so you're, you're basically not paying yourself anything no i'm not paying myself I'm like, I, it's okay i have a job so i'm i'm good they like that so much they offered me free hotels for the festival <laughs> so i went into the festival for four days free passes free hotel, like five-star Marriott hotel. And well, this, this space for, this space for my, my, my chunk of the thing. 
it was a wonderful experience, you know. Uh, so the short, so the short film got made. Yeah, it got screened. made. It, it it got screened at the CineQuest Film Festival in 2016. Can we see it online somewhere now? Yeah, it's, it's on Vimeo. Yeah, it's on Vimeo. Okay, I'll find it out. I'll find it and put it in the description of this podcast. I want to watch yes. it. I, I didn't know about this. I'll I'll I'll, I'll, I'll I, I can send you the links. Yes. Yeah, I'll send you that and the Conan link. Okay. So. Yeah, and <laughs> I want to see that too. <laughs> So yeah, so that, and then I was like, so that gave me a hope that okay, I can make stuff. I can make stuff that works. I can make stuff that works. So yeah, I've been uh, working in visual effects since um, at the end of um, Guardians Two. Unfortunately, my mom passed away. I was mm. very close with her, and um, mm. you know, and and she was such a huge inspiration um, yeah. uh, in my life in terms of like my interest in like comics and everything. So. I took it very hard and I, um, I got back. I was not feeling it, you know, I was not feeling it. Um, I was, and this, this will sound ridiculous. When I got back, I was working on Black Panther and I was helping out on Avengers Infinity War. And I was helping out on Godzilla Kings of Monsters. And, like I was helping on like five different shows because they needed people, they were hiring, they needed like those gaps and method loved me and i knew the show i knew the pipeline so i was training them uh, training the new hires i was like setting up the shows i was working on five six different projects are you sure you're just one person like i'm not, like <laughs> you're not triplets or something right i know right maybe i have that maybe i'm 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 one of those x-men you know i can just multiply <laughs> <laughs> like... oh so i was just not feeling it and at that time Gendy um, yeah. Tartakovsky was going to start Hotel Transylvania 3. And I love Gendy. I, I grew up watching Dexter's Lab. Samurai Jack was my jam, man. So I'm like, I have to meet Gendy. Do, does he come to Vancouver? Like, oh, he will come to Vancouver. And if you work at Sony, you may get a chance to meet him. I'm like, okay, I want to work for Sony. But, you know, Sony is big. How do I get there? Then I realized I, I, I submitted a resume without realizing that two of my bosses from Method and MPC now are at Sony. And they're like, hey, this guy is good. We should hire this guy. So, so you did this on a whim based on you wanting to meet, like, wow. Gendy. nothing so you, else. So you don't, you don't like, cause when I'm in, when I'm in a job, I'm like, it's so hard for me to switch and do something else. Like I put so much thought into it. Like I was in school Mm-hmm. And I, I'm working right now, but it took me months to make that decision. I talked to so many people like, but it sounds like you're like, I want to do something. I just go for it. I it doesn't chance. matter that I'm working five jobs right now. I'm going to apply to Sony <laughs> because I want to meet this guy. I take chances. Yeah. I mean, Gendy, like for me, it was like meeting Hannah Barbara. Yeah. You know, it was that big. Yeah. So I applied. So and it was. It... Oh, no. I'm not kidding. Yeah. Four hours, three different shows. It was a, uh, a show for a Warner Brothers musical comedy. There was Spider-Verse. That was very difficult to say no to Spider-Verse because it's Spider-Verse, it's Spider-Man. It's going to be amazing. And then Hotel Transylvania 3. And I'm like, I want to meet Gendy. Out of this experience, all I want to do is meet Gendy and watch a cartoon because I was really sad and depressed about my mom. And I, I told myself on my worst day, I'd be looking at cartoon. How bad could it be? So then I 
they, they offered me the job. I, I, I took a job as an associate production manager at SPI, Sony Pictures Image Works. By the way, that's my daughter crying in the back. <laughs> so I, um, uh, it was really funny. Uh, our, our producer, Carrie, she was asking everybody, she visited from LA. She was asking everybody why you took this job. And I was like, oh, I took this job to meet Kendi. And she was like, you're kidding. I'm like, no, 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 this is serious. Like it's, it was on my cover letter. <laughs> so, so, yeah. The cover ahead. letter just said, I, the only reason I'm applying is to meet <laughs> yes. Gandhi. Yes. Just forget about all the things, your wonderful thing that you do. I don't at care Sony. about your culture, or what no. your company does. I just no. know you're working with this guy. So, yes. uh. <laughs> so I'm taking notes on a, you know, on a uh, client call. And with the direct, with, with, uh, with the director, director's call, and they're in LA. And Carrie just went from uh, to LA from Vancouver, and Carrie was like, "Hey," uh, and Gendy at the end of the call asked Carrie, "How was your trip?" And she was like, "Oh, I had a wonderful time, and uh, I met some lovely people. Hey, I want to introduce you to somebody. Uh, he took this job because he 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 wants to meet you." And, and I'm like taking notes. I took that note as well. Like he wants me to, I'm like, wait, what, what is she talking about? And they're like, yeah, can you turn on the lights? Hey, why he turned on the lights? So I, because we're reviewing cinema, right? It's, it, the, the theater, there's, I turn on the lights and Carrie's like, oh, that's why he, um, he's our APM and uh, one of our APMs. And he took this job because he wants to meet you. And Gendy's like, wait, what? And I'm like, yeah, I, I, I grew up in Bangladesh and I, grew up watching your cartoons, so you make our childhood a wonderful one. So thank you. I wanted to just say that to you. And he was like, wait, what? And I'm like, yeah, like it's, for me, it's like meeting Hannah, Hannah Verma. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes, it's, it's insane. So then he actually, um, uh, actually, a friend of mine, one of the coordinators in LA, Brandon, he did something nice and he actually, I, I'll show you this poster. So that's a poster of Photo oh, nice. a tree. And I have an autograph from Mr. Gendy Tartakovsky on it. Uh, uh, and, um, Amazing. So that's, yeah. Most, most people I talk to, because I, I have this question for you, and I, I feel like you've kind of answered it s sublimely through what you've said. But most people I talk to, their dream is to like, you know, become a director or yeah, writer or whatnot. But it sounds like you were just pursuing... Uh, I don't even know how to explain it. You're pursuing your career based on your interests, you know? Like, yeah, I want to work for uh, Marvel. I want to work for Gendy. I want to work for... Where the heart goes. Where like, the heart goes. And yeah. and when your heart changes, you just pursue that instead of, yeah. uh, I want to make a show or I want to become at the top of the producer game, which I think I is really like interesting. I don't know if this is this resonates with you, but it's very interesting to me so far. No, it's it's actually. I feel like you know, the if you can't reach the top, it's not up to you. Yeah. Whether or not yeah. you can make something like I, I love writing. I would do anything if I could get a chance to write on a regular basis. Um, but I know for a fact that that's not going to happen. No, nobody's going to hand me that on a platter. It's like, hey, why well, I really like you, and this 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 you should you should do this. I don't think that will happen. Uh, but, but why I, not? Because so far your career has happened from people offering you putting yourself out there, working really hard, and then people saying, let's give him more responsibility. So that's that's the thing. So that's what I'm doing. I'm putting myself out there. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm working hard, as hard as I can. I'm working hard, as hard as I can. And 
without thinking, without taking on the pressure that, you know, I want to be at the top, I want to be the producer, I want to be shown on a writer now. Um, I'm very realistic uh, in terms of my, like, I, I always give this explanation, give this example, like when you are sending uh, a spaceship to Mars, uh, you just don't like make a spaceship and send it over to Mars. You go step by step. You make a yeah. spaceship that can go to the space. Then you send out to the moon. Then you go to Mars. So you, you have to make logical steps. So my logical step is now, like I'm, I'm working hard as a production manager uh, to have that career path to be a producer someday. Along the same time, I'm developing my skills, like I'm developing my writing skills. I'm uh, taking participation in writing contests. I was actually um, a quarter finalist at Scriptapalooza in 2018. And I was finalist last year at uh, NYC, uh, near NYC Midnight Screenwriting Challenge. Yeah. Amazing. Yes. Those are not jokes. Those are amazing accomplishments. Like that's really yeah. tough. So for, for NYC Midnight Challenge, like 2,600 people participated. I yeah. Was one of the what the top. heck? Uh, top 90 yeah so top congratulations <laughs> yeah. so yeah. your your mentality is like i'm not going to put all my eggs in one basket i have something good going on with my production career yep. but i'm going to take starting with baby steps to get yep. bigger and bigger and and gain the confidence and yep. writing skills to become a writer because i wanted to ask you because i know that you want to become a writer yep. you've said that much, multiple times i wanted to ask you what specifically what is your strategy? But it sounds like your strategy is to gain momentum until you get a in an opportunity, an internship, and uh, uh, some, some a contract. Extent, to some extent, like because I'm yeah. working in the industry, I, I have a good network now. So I oh, know for a lot sure. Of people. It sounds like I you have a network of everybody. <laughs> so, so hopefully that will come in help, uh, come in handy. You know, hopefully that will help. Well, and how often are you exposed to writing opportunities as a producer? Because from my, like, I'm not a producer, but from my point of view, a producer, you know, they know everybody on a production. They know who's writing, who's directing, who's animating, who's doing yep. special effects. So you must hear of opportunities come up quite yeah. frequently, no? Yes or no? Because okay. we are mostly, uh, as you know, that Canada is mostly a servicing uh, yeah, country. Yeah, 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 yeah. Productions develop and mostly gets the done in, in, in the States. But now a lot of Canadian companies are making content and especially in animation. So that's why I'm writing a lot of animation. Hmm. And um, uh, I, I don't know why, but animation ideas are just pouring out of me at this moment. That's what I'm writing. So my first break, big break was um, when um, I, I actually sold my script to National Film Board of Canada, which was again, unreal. And this happened again because of my um, uh, uh, squeezy teddy bear attitude. Yeah. So I'm working on a on on an on a animated short film called Surviving Seventy One. It is based on the Liberation War of Bangladesh, hmm. and not many people actually knows about it. Uh, but uh, it's one of the worst genocide in the history of mankind. Uh, Three million people died. Uh, over ten million people uh, took refuge. It was worst refugee crisis in in one of the worst refugee crises in the history of mankind. But nobody knows about it. It's the untold story of an unknown war. This happened in 1971. So I'm I'm making a short film, and part of the short film is also based on my father's own story. Like he was a freedom fighter who fought the war. Oh wow! He got caught. He got caught. He was blindfolded, hand tied to his back on a moving train. And this is what they were doing. The Pakistani army, we were fighting against Pakistan. They were shooting people and kicking them off moving train because they don't want to bury people. You know, it's too much work. It's, it's, it's better this way. 
So when my father's turn came, they were reloading. And my father heard streaming. So he realized that they're near water. He jumped and he freaking survived. Wow. And I'm like, wow, that is an incredible story. So he knew that they, as soon as they would shoot him, they would just throw him off the train. Yeah, and he would so die. the door is open. Yeah. He knew he was near the door and he yeah, just he jumped. Just, he just jumped. He, he survived. And I'm like, I have to tell that story. So I'm making that. So I wrote a script and that's the script that went to quarterfinalist at Scriptapalooza. So I knew that I had something good wow. going on. So I went to an event at a National Film Board because they, they do fund, uh, you know, uh, very unique projects and very auto-driven projects. And this is something that I want to do with this short film. So they saw the script and they're like, well, I'm not an animator, right? Like normally they do fund the animators and they're like, well, I'm not sure if it's quite right for National Film Board. Um, uh, they passed on it. And this was like, in, um, I believe it was in 2018, 2018, yeah. So I was like, well, you know what? I, it's understandable because I'm, I'm fresh. Nobody knows how it's going to look like. Uh, they haven't seen me direct. Why don't I invest on a teaser? So I saved some money and I hired my friend back home to do the designs and um, background. And because I knew a lot of people back home, uh, some celebrity gave voices for free, which is super cool. And uh, then I hired a studio in Canada um, uh, based out of Newfoundland. Um, and um, um, they, uh, Curtis, who is the owner of the studio, he really liked the script. And he's like, oh, my God, we don't get the chance to do stuff this intense. Uh, this is really cool. And I want to be part of it. And they uh, gave me a very reduced rate, like very wow. reduced rate. And they were very kind. And um, I invested on a one and a half minute long teaser. So I made the teaser, I, I put it out on YouTube. So um, how do you pitch something like that? Like, hey, random studio in Newfoundland, I have some money <laughs> and I wanna create a teaser to pitch to the National Film Board of Canada? So or it's kind of like that. What I did was like, I first watched a lot of animated short films online. Yeah. I watched a lot of animated short films and I saw the studios that worked on it. Mm. And, and I was like, okay, these are the studios, their work I really like. Yeah. Their work is in line of what I envision for my project. So I reached out to them. I reached out to a studio in Australia. I reached out to a studio in India. I reached oh, out to wow. a few studios in Malaysia and a few studios in Canada. So what do you, so I'm just curious about this process because yeah. like, you know, not a lot of people do it. And, and yeah. um, so what do you say? You just send an email to their contact and say, yeah. hi, my name is Wahid. Mm -hmm. I have some investment money to create a teaser for a, a short film that I'm, I'm hoping to get funding for. Yep. Uh, and then how does the conversation go from there? They pass you on to producer there and then... I didn't hear back from most of them. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I didn't hear back from most of them. I just said that, hey, this is the long line. This is something that I do and I have a budget for a minute and a half. Uh, but it's not like a huge budget, but it's it's a it's it's a substantial amount, and yeah. I would love Did, to. Chat. Can I ask you? I don't know if it's weird. Can I ask you how much budget would be? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had only five thousand dollars. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's not. So it's pretty accessible for like a any like I'm just thinking myself or other people listening exactly, who, who exactly. want to create like a teaser for uh, yeah. Because there's like 
I don't know, from the people I've talked to and myself, there's such a barrier, a mental barrier to say, I have this idea for something. Mm-hmm. How do I get it started myself? But, yep. you know, you were like, $5,000 is not, it's a lot of money, but it's not a lot of money at the same time. Um, and if you want to invest in something, that's that sounds very accessible. Yeah, I mean, I was like, it's not, if it was 10 grand, I would not be able to afford that on yeah. my own. But yeah. five grand, I could, you know, and why not? I, I always say that if you don't believe in yourself, if you don't take chances on yourself, why would anybody yeah. else take chances on you? Right. Who's yeah. going to give you that money if you're not going to, like, exactly. they'll put it to something else. Yeah, it's so easy. And there's so many other, you know, venues now. So I took this shot and um, and so I, I sent out emails to everybody. Not many studios actually responded. Some Indian studios responded, but their rates were really high. Hmm. Um, uh, but the Canadian studio, I... I have a really bad thing with names. Like I, I keep forgetting that. And would you mind if I, I can't, I can't remember the name of the studio. That is insane. I love their work. Oh, I, knew, I, I, I can remember Curtis's name, who is, who is our, uh, who did the animation, uh, like the owner of the show. But uh, so I'm, I'm checking on our website. Oh yeah, no, take it, take a stellar board, stellar board. Yeah, stellar board is the is the, is the company. Okay. Uh, they're actually after COVID, they're they're not working as much as they wanted to. So stellar board, uh, they responded and they were very passionate about it. And that that's why what I did my um, and this is this is a good tip I think that I only reached out to the companies that worked on short films, because most of the big studios they work on big stuff, you know, TV shows, feature. Yeah. Films they will not give you time to work on your passion project. But if you have smaller studios who work on commercial or make trailer or this, you know, proof of concept videos, they may take you seriously and they actually may invest on it. And I needed somebody like a creative partner who would invest on the vision. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, Cause it's a very passionate project and Stellar Bohr and Cartes, they were wonderful. They were wonderful. Uh, like I said, they gave me a very reduced rate. And uh, we were able to make it. And I put it out on, on YouTube organically. I had no subscribers, almost zero subscriber on my YouTube channel. Um, it's youtube.com slash WIR films. Overnight, I got like 4,000 subscribers. What? <laughs> yes. And my, my um, video. That's insane. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. And my video got like, uh, I think now it's around um, 130,000 views. What? Yeah, yeah. I'm on your. I'm trying to find it on your. Uh, oh, I found your white plus fork video, which is assuming that's the fork video. Yes. Oh my gosh. So um, then, when I made the teaser, I knew that I did something that I was proud of. I knew that something that I was happy, and I knew that something that that reached what I wanted to show. At least yeah. like I was confident. So then the next year, another NFB event, I showed that to them. Hey, do you have two minutes? That was my pitch. You have two minutes. And they're like, yeah, we have exactly two minutes. And I'm like, all right, this is the teaser trailer on my phone. And they're like, It's a minute Whoa. 45. It's a minute 45. We have 15 to se- seconds for you to say yes. Yes. And they're like, oh, this looks really cool. Um, why don't you come by to our office? I'm like, sure. So I came by, we chatted, and... Uh, Terry, uh, my producer, her name is also Terry, um, uh, and Shirley, she's another producer, and they both interviewed me, and they're like, I would love to read the script. So when they read the script, they're like, oh, this reads like a pilot episode of a series, 
or like a like a first act or like part of first act of a feature film and i'm like you know what that was my plan to make the surviving 71 like a short that i'm going to pitch it for a, like a feature or series and they caught it right away because they're so senior producers they're like yeah we see through you that was your <laughs> plan you sneaky devil and they're like well and it's also like you know this is uh, we need uh, like the nab tends to fund uh, projects that are inherently canadian and they yeah. don't say it's a, it has to be canadian do you have anything else yeah 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 i submitted three other scripts that passed on it like do you have anything else one second i just i just watched your uh, trailer without sound but okay. um it, the story comes across immediately and it's exactly oh. how you oh, you told you. it it's uh it's it was it's quite in, I guess I'll include it so I don't spoil anything. I, I so took your lips. Yeah. yeah. If you're listening to this, check out the trailer or the teaser. It's I've included the link in the description of this, so Thank give you. it a watch. Thank you. So then I I, I had this idea about free animals um, going to see the last glacier. Hmm. So that was my pitch. That it's called Last Glacier. It's a it's a wolf, a wolverine, and a beaver. It's very, that's very Canadian. Very Canadian. <laughs> as Canadian as you can get. Yeah, maybe put and, a moose in there and a and a goose. And you're, exactly. You're, a moose in the background, just walking. And they're eating maple syrup. Yes, <laughs> with poutine. <laughs> so the, with poutine, yeah, yeah. So they they like the idea. They like the idea. But but my first draft, the script was I was not entirely sure how I would take. Like when I was adding. Like in going, I had like two different drafts, completely different um, style. I written them in different ways, so I wasn't sure that they would like any of it. Actually, I was confident that they would pass on it. So they asked me to, to for a meeting. I'm like, all right, this is gonna be a polite no. It's okay, and I'm like planning that what I'm gonna do next. So I went. They in. asked you for a meeting. They're not gonna say no. <laughs> I mean, either no. <laughs> Okay, okay. I mean, I'm already anticipating where this story is going myself. <laughs> <laughs> so I went in and they're like, oh, um, we are going to option this script for you. I'm like, that's my first script in North America. I'm officially a writer. I can say that I'm a writer. That is huge. Amazing. Yeah. So, and uh, uh, that was great. And then they gave me amazing notes, really, really helpful notes. And I like the fact that for myself, I was able to address those notes. Like every draft that they saw, it wasn't like, oh no, this didn't work. Like I was able to, like when you are a new writer, you have to be able to take notes from the story editor yeah, or the head writer or the showrunner. So I was glad that, okay, I knew that I could do it, but I, I didn't have anything to prove, but that was my proof that, okay, I could do it. And so how National Film Board uh, works, and if any, any Canadian uh, filmmakers or um, you know, animators out there who want to submit, I think they, sh they, they take submit submissions all year around. So it's not like a deadline driven anything. They're really author centric. Like they really focus on, they really support uh, uh, if you're creative, if, you're, if you have a vision. And I had a very clear vision of the show. Like I knew how it should look. I knew how it should end and I knew how I was going to tell the story. I think that's what they liked about it. Like along with the story and the character itself, my clear vision helped. So National Film Board, they have three stages. The first stage is investigation. When they like a story, they will option the script and they will 
polish it to a draft that is ready for the next phase, which is the development phase. At the development phase, they give you some funding. That this is some money. You do artwork and you do animatics and you prepare a package. And that's what they submit to the production phase. That's the last phase where if they like the package, they'll give you funding for the entire short film. So my script, they really liked the final draft and we uh, submitted for, and we got into the development phase and they gave me some money to make the, uh, make the designs. And again, I knew how the designs were going to look like. I knew how I'm going to tell the animatic. So I really pushed it. I really pushed it. I almost made like a, a rough layout style, um, you know, animatic. Like it's, it was not just drawing. I had like 3D sets and whatnot because it's oh, going wow. to be a CG, CG film. And I really pushed, uh, pushed it. I, I was, at that time I was working at Atomic and they uh, helped me um, uh, to make it as well. So they came on board, which was really nice of them. And then, um, uh, so that got, uh, the development phase, they really like it. So now uh, the, uh, I, I made the whole package together and now it's, they're actually having a meeting next week for the production. Amazing. Stage. Yeah, if it get, if it will get through or not. If it goes through, then I will, I'll, you know, crossing my fingers, I'll yeah. get, to, get to make it. Yeah, This I'm is incredible. As, yeah, I'm working as directors, writers, and because it's the National Film Board, it's a, um, uh, DGC and WGC level contracts. I am now a member of DGC, which is insane. And yeah. I am actually going to be a member of uh, the, uh, Writers Guild as well. So, That's crazy. This is, yeah. go this is going so well. This is like, going well so far, yes. <laughs> so, um, you know, provided this gets made, how do you see this impacting how you pursue your writing career? Because I feel like maybe that's the next step for you or like how do you you know what's your what's your plan i think uh, if you if you look at the history of nfb there are a few creators who uh went on be creating their own shows and they're mm -hmm. successful. definitely yeah so i what i want to build on this that uh, this is now a proof of something that how um uh, i can improve on a script and how i can take it to the production ready and i'm one of those writers who because I've worked in animation for such a long time, I know the pipeline really well. Totally, yeah. So I, I know how it's made. So if somebody tells me that, hey, I need an episode to be told in two locations, you, you don't have any new characters, no prop, no issue, Done. I can do it. Yeah. You know how to do it. I yeah. love also, sorry, random thought. I love how you're approaching the NFB, like to create a film from a writer perspective, because you're right, most, yeah. most people are animators yeah, that yeah. do this. And you were like, screw that, I'm going to... I'm going to do my own thing and I'm a, I want to be a writer. And so I'm going to propose this. And I've worked with, yeah, I've worked with animation studios to figure this out and yeah. I'm going to keep doing that. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and what I've done, because I have, uh, you know, such good network, I am bringing in uh, uh, artists. So I'm sort of like working as a consulting producer for them as yeah, well. Which you know so well already. <laughs> to gather the truth. Like I did the schedule, like I did the schedule the other day for how it's going to go if, if we get the grant and they really liked it which was very kind of them um yeah i for me at this point if this short film gets made hopefully knock on the wood and if it does well in the festivals and if the audience likes it hopefully that will open up some windows that oh this is a creator who created this this does yeah. well in these festivals we can get them for uh, you know other shows so are and, you with these opportunities are you hoping to start applying for writing opportunities and use this oh, as yes. your resume so yes. <clears throat> yeah so what ahead. if oh sorry go ahead 
No, 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 no. You go ahead. Yeah. I mean, so I'm hoping everything goes like that. But what if, say, you know, you don't get the funding you it, you do and it doesn't do well in festivals or yep. whatnot? Like, what is the what is the plan then? Well, I'm still working on Surviving 71. So that's another yeah. short film that is coming up. So that's like I'm, I got some funding from home. So I made some progress. I'm, I'm still still slowly building that. If if the NFB short is not that successful, it will be heartbroken. But the thing is that it will still be a short film that you have to show. Yeah. As you know, in animation, it's very difficult to make animation. Oh, yeah. You cannot just sit and idle. Like no. people think that now it's computer. Oh, you just click on a button and it's it's made. It, I mean, that's what people think. That's what people think. That oh, you just do it. One button, animate. Meanwhile, it, you're working twelve-hour days for years to get exactly. one minute done. <laughs> I I think that they they pictured that the computer has a button called animate, and you just press on that, and computer does everything. No, it doesn't. So um, so at least I will have, and and by this time, so I have the paranoid cat. That's the two D film the NAB film, the CG film, and uh, I have Surviving 71, where, you know, based on the trailer, you see it's, it's a completely different action type, you know, very right. epic. But I let have... me ask you this, you know, you started this career as, a, yeah. as the intern, if we like dial back, yeah. you didn't have any of that experience, but you nope. were still applying, putting yourself out there. What's stopping you from applying and putting yourself out there as a writer now when you do have you know exactly. 10 years experience uh yeah. from your previous life you do have these short films you have one yeah. finalists quarter finalists you know all this you have the best resume possible for an entry-level writer I have a good even more than an entry-level writer so yeah. what's stopping you no it's not stopping me so it's the thing about getting a writing job is like it's very rarely you'll see being posted yeah. So you're already applying to those posts. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that. No, no, no. I'm applying, but the, the writers get hired by the shows, usually the showrunners or the producers or the network that yeah. the writers that they've worked with before. They like, yeah, they have a writer they, they like. Yeah. So it's very rare. Very rarely you'll see that, oh, we're hiring writers for this show. It's almost zero. What, ha what is happening to me, to be honest, I was almost giving up. I was like, you know, I'm a. I'm doing good as a production manager. Maybe I should just give up on my dream of becoming a writer because it's frustrating. You applied for something and you don't get it. You you're get depressed. So hard, yeah, and yeah. you're like, oh, I'm such a loser. Why and isn't the world opening up to me? I'm trying so hard. <laughs> exactly. It's it's very it's very uh, it's sad. It's sad. It gets really sad at times. And and I was like, you know, maybe I should just give up and you know I, I can focus on my work more and I'll be happy. I, I will not have this extra pressure. And then um, what I do, I always take chances and I say, okay, before giving up, before hanging up my boots, I want to try one last time, you know, one last season of, of magic and see what happens. What's the worst thing that can happen? Yeah. So the first step was that NFB and I sold the script. I'm like, ah, I sold the script. <laughs> and then the second thing was out of LinkedIn, uh, I met this director, Bob, and he's a very, very visionary director and I loved his stuff. And I was talking to him that, hey, if you need any writers, please let me know. I was like reaching out to random people. I'm still doing reaching out to random people that, hey, if you need a writer, hey, I am. <laughs> so, so, and he was like, well, I don't need a writer myself, but I have an agent who represent underrepresented writers, like biopoc writers. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, sure, will they read my materials? Because 
they don't read your materials unless you are referred by a person like somebody that they know yeah because they get bombarded by like hundreds hundreds yes. they can't yes. yeah so real life pictures is based out of toronto and kulvinder who's the who's the owner and he's she's the agent and they read my materials and they saw the teaser trailer they saw the packages some of the things that i was working on and they're like we like you we want to represent you and i, I should i should tell by this time i had a shopping agreement with the studio uh, kickstart entertainment in vancouver and that also happened in a two minute experience. <laughs> it was like, I went to a networking event and they were talking about all this thing that they're gonna do. Uh, many, you know, executives, like these are the writers that we're looking for. So I reached out to this executive, Heather, she's the head of uh, Kickstart and like, hey, do you have two minutes? And she's like, yeah, I have two minutes, but exactly two minutes. And then, all right, that's all I need. So I showed her the paranoid cat. It's a two minute long film. And I'm like, oh, this is so cute. You want to develop that? I'm like, no, no, I wanted to show you that I can make stuff, but I have some other ideas that I want to pitch. And they're like, yeah, sure, pitch it. So I pitched it to them and they like one ideas and they shine, uh, and the shopping agreement with me. And I was like, okay, this wow. is it, man. All of you here I come, I'm the creator of a show. And they brought in Shane Morris, who is one of the story writer for The Frozen to write a treatment on an idea that I came up with. And I'm like, ah, this is big. But like many things happens in Hollywood, some similar shows started popping up. Yeah. And the executive who brought the writers in, he left the company and the writer had other commitments. So he left. So my contract fell through. Uh, so again, that was part of the depression. It was like, oh, it will not work out. So but at least you have all that experience and yes, know that you can push yourself and get somewhere. And I love that. Again, you have two minutes. Nobody's going to say no. Yeah. And you're just like, here you go. Here you go. Video. <laughs> I feel like you should maybe give up more often because I uh, should. And that's when good things happen. That's when good things. <laughs> okay. After we're done this call, give up on everything. Give up on everything. And I'll see up. you at the Oscars next year. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> I uh, uh for so the real life pictures, cool window, they were like, Yeah, we would like to represent you. I'm like, oh wow, this is this is it. I have an agent. Now, here's the thing. They're really good. Kulvinder uh, uh, and uh, Charan Preet, who's the junior agent there, they're really good at giving notes. So I'm showing them stuff and they're giving notes left and right. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so bad at this. I should give up. This is, this is not, I was like nervous, but I knew that I had it in me. I knew that I had it in me, but I just had to get it out somehow. And I was chatting with a lot of writers. Uh, I, have, I have some amazing writers who were very kind to me. I don't know why. Uh, Mark Palmer, who's the showrunner of Hello Ninja. He gave me notes on my scripts. And like, who does that? Brandon Sawyer, he was the showrunner on um, um, Boss Baby. He, he would give me notes. And I'm like, who does that? Right? They, were, they were very kind people. So that helped, that helped to shape things, shape things. And now I, I cannot officially say a lot of stuff, but a lot of the writing information, writing things are in the horizon. Like they're like Ooh. very close. I, I can taste them. Like I, I signed a few, few papers. That's, that's Amazing. All I well, I guess we'll have to have a follow-up chat after <laughs> yeah. you can reveal so you can share all the juicy details. This yeah. is great. This is great. I love your, I love your journey. It's just like Thank you. Thank you, you putting yourself out there in whatever way you can, working really hard, 
and then giving up. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> like I get knocked down, but I get up again. Get, get, yeah. get what would you say makes, uh, like, through everything you've done, what would you say is the thing that makes your journey so so successful? I guess, like, what is that? What is that underlying thing that has pushed I, you to to pursue these crazy paths? Because you you know, like, working twelve hour days and yeah. jumping jobs and all this stuff. Like, what is that thing for you? I think I'm very tenacious. It's one thing yeah. about me. I'm very tenacious. I'm I'm, I'm at it. I'm, I'm at it. And I'm I'm not pushy. I'm not. I'm not. Um, I hope not. I'm not. I'm not over overreaching. But I'm. I'm. I'm I, I. I'm reaching for the stars. But I also know that I have to take realistic steps. Yeah. Like it's it's not gonna happen where like I'm just standing by the I thought it would go, it was going to happen that I would I would stand by the side of the road and oh, an executive would me drive too. by. He's like, hey man, I was looking for just somebody just like you. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. That is not gonna happen. This is not 70s or 80s anymore. So I um I have to take realistic steps. I have to develop myself. And it's it's a constant journey. Like yeah. you I, I feel like, and I, I think you'll agree that you have to be very honest about yourself. If you think in your mind that, oh, I'm great, then I'm sorry, you'll be very stagnant in a very short time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just- I fall into that trap, too, because like, I don't know, I, I feel like I'm at the, I've already had a career and kind of know what my I'm doing. And when I start to think like that, then I it's yeah. not good. People, nice people get a good. bad impression. I don't yeah. take the risks that and opportunities that I should because it's just, yeah. so I like that you said that. And you I need to remind myself of that too. Everyone. Yeah, you need to be humble and you need to have, you need to be hungry, you know, yeah, yeah, metaphorically. Yeah. I'm literally always hungry and metaphorically, I'm always hungry too. <laughs> like, um, I, I, uh, you have to have that hunger. And, you, and I think it was Da Vinci who said that uh, the, uh, an art is never finished, only abundant. Yeah, such a yeah. powerful work, right? The words, right? I, like, yeah, it's it's never finished. So you can you can't say that. Oh, I'm I'm done and I'm really great at it. No, you, you can't. You, you just you just can't do it. You just have to be at it. You have to be at it, and you have to try. It's very hard. It's very challenging. Yeah. It's um it's often not rewarding. Often really frustrating. But when it's it like- happens. You also, you're not really in control of your own no, path at all. No, that's the you, best thing. You, you, it's not on you. Like, like, like when you say that the NFB short, I don't know if, if it will get made or if people will like it or not. All I can see that I'll give my 120% and like, see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, when I finally met Gendy, like in person, I was at the rap party uh, for Hotel Transylvania and I, I, I told him, uh, you know, that I stole the background style from Hotel uh, <laughs> Samurai Jack to Surviving 71. And he was like, yeah, take it, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I told him that, you know, I want to make my own stuff. And he was like, you know, it only has to happen once. Yeah. If it happens once, then so that that is now my my goal. Like, I mean, Just has my, to happen once. My goal for this year is to write one preschool script. That's nice. my goal. Nice. Just on your just on your own, or something that gets made? No, I, I've already written a spec. Oh, okay. I, on my own, um, I write plenty. No, this is just uh, to to get made, to be actually optioned and sold. One. Nice. I love that. It's yeah. it's like bite sized. It's I still see. really tough. Very tough. Um, but it's a it's like a realized goal that you can make happen. I love it. It is achievable. Yeah. yeah. I'm achievable. not saying that I'm gonna have lunch with Matt Damon. You know, no. Uh, no. 
maybe in 10 years, but not now. <laughs> Just email him like you do everybody. Yeah, you know? I would like email him. And you want to have lunch. Also, yeah, here's how you can run things better. so what okay so i'm thinking like you know there's a lot of people in bangladesh who kind of idolize you as this guy who you know got into engineering school one out of 50 which is already incredible became a tv star very early and then moved to north america to pursue a amazing career in hollywood film basically so what would you say to them you know somebody is somebody's listening to this and they're at the beginning of their dreams and they want to you know what i say to them and i i say this to ev- everybody now the world is really small yeah the world is very small because of internet like i always when i moved here and i saw that when people ask me if you have tv i'm like the thing is that i have read the same harry potter books as you are reading yeah maybe i read a really cheap version of the book like a photocopy version but the story is the same yeah I was the same movies that you were watching. Maybe I watched it in a crappy VHS or not on the big theater, but the story is the same. So the input that I'm taking is the same. Yeah. So that means the idea that I'm generating, what I'm producing has to be at the same standard because the input is the same. Yeah. And I think mine will have a different perspective because I've seen so many other things that unfortunately a lot of the people here haven't. Yeah, that's that very gives true. Me, that gives me a very unique taste, a very unique color, a very unique tone to the work that I'm doing. Which I feel so desperately needed, especially, especially these days. Nowadays, when, when, nowadays, yeah. yeah. So I feel like um, the world is very small. So you shouldn't, just because you're in Bangladesh, you shouldn't feel like, oh no, my ideas, my stories doesn't matter. No, take participant, take chances. Take chances in the global, global competitions. You may never know. Yeah. Submit your film to festivals, submit your scripts to competitions. You, you, just, you just don't know. How would you know if you never try, right? And, but then again, you cannot be just say that, oh, I'm going to make a film and I'm going to be Steven Spielberg overnight. No, Steven Spielberg didn't become Steven Spielberg overnight. He had to work really hard. So work really hard, be realistic and Learn how to critique yourself. Look at your work and you're like, yeah, that's not probably my best work. Like I can do that. Like that's one of the good things about me. I can look at a script. I'm like, nah, nah, I didn't do, do well to that thing. It's just, uh, that's the best I could do. It's not that good. So I know that. I know that. And you have to be honest about yourself. If you're honest, that comes across in the work that you do. No matter what work you do. It doesn't matter if it's production work. doesn't matter if it's a writing or directing work. So be honest, be truthful, be objective, yeah. and be passionate about it and yeah. keep at it. It's a, it's a long journey. It's a very, very eventful journey, but it's also a really fun journey to enjoy if you really enjoy it. Oh, for sure. Well, and you seem like such a happy guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I try to be. So you just you just said a lot, and I want to try to I guess sum it sum it up just so I have it myself. But you know, uh, consume consume the culture of what you're consuming, and then give back your unique slice of what that is. But in in order to do that, you have to you know put yourself out there, uh, take see what opportunities exist, and then work really really hard to 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 make to put yourself in that and make some some sort of an impact i guess and then also look at your own work as you're doing that and mm-hmm. be honest with it and and critique it and improve it and try to yep 
Uh, did I miss anything? I feel no, like no, no, no. Develop yourself. Yeah, that, develop yeah. yourself. Yeah. yeah, amazing. No, this is great. This is great. Thank you. Um, we've been chatting. I mean, I had so many questions to ask you, but I, I don't <laughs> yeah, even yeah. care about them just because I've I've uh, just enjoyed listening to your journey, and I I love that you included so many personal stories of how I realize, you realize I realize that now that I'm heading towards 40 I can't stop talking I just oh. <laughs> <laughs> no and my father is a politician and my mom was a lawyer so I was genetically designed to talk to people genetically designed to to talk I, yes. well it's you talk well You've, oh, you you talk very well I'm wondering is, is there anything you wanted to talk about now that we're kind of wrapping up, we talked yeah. about your your beginnings, your middle, where you want to go, how you're making that happen. I think I think I, I can talk a little bit about you know uh, my approach, what I'm doing now for like writing. So what I'm doing sure, yeah. now is like I'm 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 focusing on two two aspects. I'm writing spec. Like I wrote a preschool spec because I knew that in order to get a preschool job, I need to have a good preschool spec. So I wrote that. And uh, I'm also now focusing on creating my own pilots because sometimes the creators and the, they want to see if you're creative enough to come up with your own stuff. So I think if you're a writer out there like me who's starting, uh, you should have both. You should have a spec of an existing show and mm -hmm. you should have uh, one of your own pilots so that that shows your range. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slowly move up. So I'm going to I'm do preschool. Then I'm going to do a six to nine year old. Then I'm going to do a 10 to 14. Then I'm going to do a 14 plus. And by the time I'll do 14 plus, I'll reach out to Justin Rowland again and say, hey, remember me? So I now have a good spec that I can show it to you to get a job. And then after um, that, you'll do a slasher horror film. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. My, my uh, ultimate dream would be to work full time as a writer. Like that's yeah. the dream. Uh, but in order to reach to that point, I am, uh, you know, baby steps, one script, which I'm very close. I can't really disclose a lot, but I'm very close to fulfilling, fulfilling that goal of writing one script uh, for this year. And well, see. I sincerely hope you accomplish that. It sounds amazing. And I love your, your strategy of like, keep doing what you're doing, do a good job at it, and then take take bite-sized steps to accomplish the next thing. That's great. Thank because you. originally your strategy was to go all in, all eggs in one basket in a new country to get into the industry. And now you've, yeah. you've, you've changed. Have you changed your strategy just based on how that has gone? Like, why, why wouldn't you quit everything, go to writing school, start networking with writers? Like, because I, I, you know, I, I, I like to play a bit safe as well. Not safe. It's just, you you're not taking those big plan. risks anymore. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I have a kid, kid now, now. You, you know, yeah. like <laughs> I'm a father, I have to be sensible. But I was actually always sensible. Like I always had multiple plans. And yeah. um, like I actually at uh, film school, I immediately realized that, oh, you just can't be a writer director. You know, you just can walk in. But then I realized that I had that I had the ability to convince people to letting us use their facility for free. And that's the gold thing for a producer, for a student film. Like, you know, it's a gold. Cafe, we're going to film it for two hours. It's never going to be two hours. It's going to be six at least. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you have to be that friendly to get it done. And you sign and everything. And I realized I was very organized. So I had the best binder and everything to get everything, all the permits, security, everything, clearance and done. So I was like, okay, this is my second skill. So you should have other skills. It's not like, Unless you're like very talented, like, you know, uh, 
uh, Neil Manuel Miranda. Like, oh, anything he does is gold. Yeah, I'm not that good. I know that. So I have to be very realistic. So you, you also have knowledge of who you are and what yes. you're really good at. Yeah. Yes. So in in terms of pursuing the writing, you're that makes sense because you yeah. like maybe when you took the big jump, you knew in your heart that you wanted that you were this person that in production. Yeah. But now you're like, I have multiple skills and I'm going to play mm -hmm. them out as they as they develop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that I makes sense. Like, I feel like like writing, especially in this part of the world, is such a niche niche area to get in. You don't get much chance. You don't yeah. get much chance. And it doesn't really matter if you just said, oh, I have a lot of good lots of good ideas people may have ideas but can you actually execute them can yeah. you actually make them reality can you actually bring them to pages and yeah. can people read it it's a long way from having just one really cool thought oh for sure to, yeah yeah so so i am constantly developing myself constantly telling myself that um my dream of you know like Creating your own show, having your own show is like having a superpower. It's like, you know, the, somebody would bite me, uh, something would bite me and I'd be, a, I'd be that superhero. Like I'd be, I'd be the bumblebee man or something like that. <laughs> but that's so rare. But what you can do, you can also develop skills where you can actually call in Batman and say that, hey, I'm Alfred and you should take that route. Yeah. Because that's a possibility. Like you, there's a... There's a chance that you can be Alfred and then slowly you can be Robin. You know, you can just push the Robin out slowly from inside, from Alfred to Robin journey. I don't know how, but yeah. So you have to be realistic. You have to be realistic. You have to be realistic to reach your crazy dream. The crazy yeah. dream would be to have your own show on Netflix, have your yeah. own show on Disney Plus. But in order to get there, you have to have some writing credit. In order to have some writing credit, you have to have good writing samples. You have to know good people, work really hard, and hopefully somebody will read those samples. They will like it. They'll see that it's the right fit for their show, and then they'll pick you. That's it. I mean, it. I sincerely hope that happens to you. It, thank uh, you. Thank you. To fulfill your dreams. Is there anything else you wanted to share? No, I mean, like, thank you so much, Terry, for having me. And, you know, you have so many amazing guests on your show. I was, like, blown away when you uh, when we talked on uh, LinkedIn. But I had a lovely time chatting with you. I feel like I know you, which is really <laughs> weird. I feel like I know you and we chatted for hours. So Well, uh, yeah, let's chat again. And I'll, maybe I'll make it to BC. And when you make it to Toronto, let's uh, grab a coffee once COVID is over. <laughs> yes, once the COVID is over, we will. I actually have my second dose coming up next. I already, I had mine already. So. Nice. Uh, Congratulations. Yeah. So this is good. It feels good, right? It feels so good. Oh, I'm so happy. Oh my gosh. So happy when it happened. Oh God, yeah. uh, I just what had it this year? last weekend. So oh, still nice. got to wait a couple of weeks, but step by step, things are opening up and I'm really excited. But Wahid, thank you so much for coming on the chat. It's been an absolute pleasure to hear your journey and to connect. And I'm really happy uh, we chatted. Thank and, you, uh, Terry. So thank thank you. you. Yeah. Let me know. Let me know when it's up and I'll, I'll, I'll share it on my, on my social media platform and everything. Of course. And if you're listening and you want to, you know, get in touch or watch Wahid's work, I've, I've already mentioned a couple of times that uh, in the description of the chat, there's going to be some links to his YouTube channel. Um, so make sure you check those out. And thank you so much for listening. And that's all for now. Okay, bye. The music for this podcast was composed by Will Farmer and the graphics by Daniel Abensauer. I encourage you to look them up if you enjoyed their work.